evening, good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time they're recording. This is episode 80 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with a great crew today. Jordan, introduce yourself, man. Yo, fellas, let's have a great show. Episode 80, another NFL packed episode with a lot of topics, so let's get into it. Yes, sir. Greg, introduce yourself, man. The man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. You know what it is. God bless. Ah, I actually like the intro, not gonna lie. I like I like it. Uh Greg, I mean Chris, introduce yourself, man. What's up everybody? Let's make sure we have a good show tonight. Yes, sir. Johnny Tess. Johnny, introduce yourself. Hello world. Just Johnny tapping in, baby. All right, Joe now I'm a swing to you. Man, I got I gotta work on the intro, man. Mine is kinda I kind mine's kinda bland, but I wanted to say the same thing, boy. I'm telling you, catchphrases is popping out here. I know. I'm working on that. I'm gonna work on that throughout the week, man. Actually, that's yeah. That's a good intro. All right, go ahead. All right, so it it is episode 80. It's another NFL episode, and we are rolling into week 13. So, in the fallout of the Eagles win over the Packers on Sunday Night Football, we're going to discuss whether or not the Packers should shut a Rod down for the season. And ride out with Jordan Love. And Aaron Rodgers, his future for Green Bay is up in the air. We're going to get into all of that. And their opponents on Sunday night, the Eagles, remain at the top of the NFC at 10-1. and 1. So who poses the biggest threat to them in a potential playoff matchup in January? Also, the Ravens blew their fourth multiple possession lead in the fourth quarter, dropping them to 7-4 and four in the season. And the Packers are not the only team dealing with the quarterback controversy going into Week 13. Because the Jets may have found the answer in Mike White. But before we get into any of that, we're going to start with the big lead story of the weekend in the NFL, and that is Deshaun Watson, who makes his return this Sunday against his former team in the Houston Texans. Um, of course, Watson, he served an 11-game suspension this season after being accused of sexual misconduct by 26 women, violating the league's personal conduct policy. So in his first game back in nearly two two years, He'll be playing against the Texans who are, they're done. You know, this, if there's ever an opponent to come back to face, it, it would be the Texans. Um, it, it is worth noting that attorney Tony Busby, he stated that 10 of the women who accused Watson of misconduct will be present at the game Sunday in an effort to make a statement of solidarity. This, of course, after all lawsuits against Watson were settled. So, Greg, I'm going to start with you just to keep it. You know, on the football side of things, how ready will Watson be after just so much time away? Like, I know it, it, it's the Texans. It's a rather easy opponent, but, you know, will there be rust? Nah, I don't think we'll see rust from I I feel like if there's rust, it'll be early on in the in the contest. But this is a revenge game for Deshaun Watson. He hasn't played football in in nearly two years. Um, he's going to have all the motivation in the world to prove people that he can still perform and live up to the contract that he signed. Um, and he's playing his home team. Um, I think, you know, in, his, in Deshaun Watson's, uh, last time we saw Deshaun Watson and a team that went 4 and 12, the brother threw for nearly 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Now it's for a 4 and 12 team with half the talent that this, uh, with that this Cleveland Browns team has. Um, so I think Deshaun Watson, you, you might see a couple of rusts, like a couple of overthrows in the beginning, 
But I think as the game goes on, it's not like the Houston the Houston Texans offense is going to be do anything of note uh, to keep up with this Cleveland Browns defense. So I mean, in the, this Cleveland Browns uh, offense. So as long as the Cleveland Browns defense can show up, which has been uh, shaky depending on on who they've been playing this season, I think this will be an easy dub. I'm, I'm looking at 33-17 uh, Houston. I mean, uh, uh, Cleveland. I mean, yeah, again, if there was ever an opponent to go up against in your first game back after the two years of tanking Texans who are for sure getting that number one overall pick, that is the way to go. Johnny, I mean, of course, the media is going to be on this game like a hawk. Of course, I just mentioned, you know, a number of the women who accuse Austin of misconduct will be in attendance. Will any of that have an effect on his performance or will he just be do you think he'll just be you know just you know laser focused on the game at hand um i think i think the most attention that will have will probably be be post game i feel like the media is going to take some jabs at him as far as the women showing up at that game win or lose i think he's has he's going to have to probably deal with that a little bit um as far as on the field yes i will agree he is um going to be laser focused Biggest chip on the shoulder that I've ever seen so far for an athlete in recent years. Um, but at the end of the day, I will agree also. Um, I don't think it's going to be too much rust either. Um, let's not forget, let's not forget at the, um, well, first of all, the Browns have a reason to actually play with that defense. The Browns, the Browns have a reason to play. I think they're still within the playoff hunt after that overtime win, uh, last week. So, um, and in addition to that, Watson, he has been practicing full time with the, with the Browns since November 14th. And I think back in the, um, like during his suspension, he was working away from the facility. Um, his quarterback coach, Quincy Avery, who's working out with him. Um, and he got a significant amount of reps during that, uh, the office, offseason program and that first part of the training camp with the first team offense. And, um, I think he, they had like a preseason game against Jacksonville. So he's not unfamiliar. He's not totally unfamiliar. He's not totally unfamiliar with football. He's not totally unfamiliar with the Browns offense in the playbook. I think. There will be a little rust, a little bit. I don't know where, but I don't think he's going to be completely lost. Um, I believe that we'll see a little bit. And like you said, what better team to come back uh, than against this team? And he's and on top of that, it's Houston Texans, especially with the history um, that what he's done for that franchise. He's going to want to. He's he's going to want to play there. I, I I got high hopes for him. I believe he will be laser focused, but I do question like those. 10 women that are showing up to the game. That's pretty weird. I mean, I, I understand, but I just feel like they're just like adding more unnecessary drama to this man who's trying to get his career back on track. Um, after like, you know, the, um, lawsuits, all of the lawsuits were fairly settled. He got through his, his game suspension. Um, he still in football shape. This man, I, I feel like he's trying to put himself back on the right track. Um, and just get, put all this behind him. And I, ugh, I feel like that's unfair. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing reports that it's like a, it's supposed to be like a you know an act of solidarity is kind of like a a statement like hey you know yeah he's back and you know I guess it's back to football but we're still here and we still matter and you know let's not forget <laughs> about what happened to us. Why, why are you laughing? It's it's oh my god. This reminds me of like those. It's I, I've seen this in in, in entertainment. 
on like just as a whole i've seen the scenario in entertainment like women that have come out and accused whoever you see them with that person or somehow supporting that person or being around that person not too long after um it, it's it's very weird to me i don't understand it but like i said i just hope he can put this behind him despite that stuff hanging in the air but like he's uh if he starts winning that cures everything cures a multi- winning cures a multitude of sins yeah i think i'll just chime in for a second i feel like um i feel like you know it's kind of hard to i mean we can't put ourselves in the mind of like uh the the victims at the end of the day i mean we don't really know what at the end of the day like for all the reports that have come out over the past like two years we weren't there so we don't really know what happened you you feel me like so it's kind of hard to even like bring i like uh, i don't know i just think it's just a tough situation all around i feel like it's even really hard to speak on for real for real but yeah it's tough. yeah yeah i'm saying but i'm not going i'm saying i i I can't i can't tell i can't tell deshaun watson how to move because i'm not in that situation but i'm also not going to tell i also don't can't speak on like what i would do if i was in a situation that the women alleged that they were in so i'm saying like i I, we just keep the football for real because I feel like I could just be a, a downward star from now if we kind of go down that route. Yeah, good call, good call. So, Chris, I want to just get your input on the football side of things. The last six games of the season for the Browns are as follows. At the Texans this Sunday, following week, week 14 at the Bengals, then home against the Ravens, home against the Saints, at the Commanders, at the Steelers. With Deshaun Watson back, do you feel like this Browns team, how they're set up already, with now Watson being added to the fold, could they perhaps run the table and finish ten and seven, and maybe sneak into the playoffs? Maybe even win this division because it's not wrapped up by any means. I I do think that having Deshaun Bass, Deshaun Watson back at the helm will help the Browns out a lot. I do feel like as a talent himself, he does have the ability to turn the season around for the Browns because we know Jacoby Brissett has done what he could do. We didn't expect him to do much to begin with, but he did what he could do. So definitely having Deshaun Watson there would definitely give the Browns a chance to definitely come back. And they now, right now, I do also agree that they have a shot at winning the division just based off of the rest of the schedule and based off of how the Ravens have been looking and how the Bengals have been looking. Even though the Bengals are still looking nice there without Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase comes back this weekend, so we don't know how that does. But having they Deshaun Watson, no chance, bro. okay. But having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback does change a lot of things up for your team. Because in my opinion, as a talent, before he decided to not play a couple of years ago, I feel like Deshaun Watson was top five in the NFL when it comes to a quarterback. And I feel like even though he might go through a couple of rusty periods from time to time during these first couple of games with the Cleveland Browns, I think that even with the pieces they have assembled, that strong running game, Mark Cooper's for somewhat looking deep, Sent David Njoku's coming into his own now. I feel like he has the pieces to be able to turn this team around. Not to mention the offensive line is still pretty decent as well. Um, so I do think that having the strong Watson back, they definitely have a chance to turn the table around, but it's also going to be very difficult because at the same time, the defense is very suspect from week to week. We saw how they looked last week against the Tempe Buccaneers, and while they did look good, you also have to think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are dealing with a lot of injuries themselves. But when they face a team like the, like the Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota was 
doing almost anything he wanted to do against them. He had one of the best games of the year against the Cleveland Browns. So it's like, it's just going to come down to how will the defense, I feel like, react more so than how Deshaun Watson is going to play. Because I feel like even no matter who's at the um, quarterback position, Deshaun Watson, Jacob Brissett, the Broncos, the, I said Broncos, the Browns offense is going to be able to score points. I just feel like it's going to have to come down to how will the defense respond. Now, obviously, this would be against the Texans. They have an easy, easy game because we all know the Texans are really that good of a team right now. And plus, it's going to mean a lot for Deshaun Watson. They're actively trying that, to lose. Yes. And like we said, this is the team that Deshaun Watson decided just to not play for. So, obviously, it's good. there might be some personal vendetta for Deshaun Watson. Like, you know, I want to go out here and I want to win this game. I want to, I don't want to win this game, but I want to really, like, beat the brakes off these guys. So, it's like, I feel like that they're going to get a win this week, but as the, as the season goes on, they do have a chance to turn around. But it's going to be difficult because, like you said, they play the Bengals, and even though the Steelers might not meet, might not be that much to look at, it's still a division game. Division games are always different than out-of-division games, no matter who you play. So I feel like they have a chance to run around. It's going to be difficult, but having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback changes a lot. So they do have a chance still, no doubt about it. Well, I did mention that the the, uh, the Texans are, you know, actively trying to tank, but they, they have a game and a half in hand on the next team, you know, for that first uh, draft, that first draft selection. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up to play in this game, honestly. I mean, I mean, they showed up against, you know, better teams like the Eagles, you know, earlier in the season. So I, I would not be surprised if they showed up to play and, you know, give them a run for his money. But, Neither do, neither do go I. Because I, I just want to add one more thing. I need to do I because at the end of the day, um, even though like Bill O'Brien is not the head coach anymore with the Texans, there are still some people in that locker room that might have felt some type of way when Deshaun Watson yeah. just decided not to play anymore. I now I don't like I said I don't know Deshaun Watson's relationship with everybody that he was teammates with on the Texans or anything, but at the end of the day, that could be their mindset. Like you know, this man basically quit on the team, so they might not. They, they might go in there with some extra aggressiveness, some extra motivation to, you know, even though they're trying to tank, like you said, John, they still might want just to beat this team just so they can rub it into Sean Watson's face. Because, like, you quit on us, this is what you get for quitting on us. So, I feel like... Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien cheated, quit, quit on that team. They traded DeAndre Hopkins and wanted Deshaun Watson to work a miracle. Then he put up they almost 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and they were 4-12. and 12. They did that. They, they, Come they, on, bro. What you, what, you want, what you need from me? <laughs> <laughs> that definitely did happen. Great, point, great point. Day, I'm not, I'm not going to like, count the Texans because at the end of the day, like you said, Jonah, this game is a little bit more personal because of both sides having relationships with each other. So I will say the Cleveland Browns will win, but I would not be surprised if the Texans made this a game the entire way through. I hear you. But we're going to keep it in the AFC North because – as you mentioned, the Ravens, they are coming up on the Browns' schedule in, in a few weeks. And, my goodness, their four losses, they're 7-4. They're first place, you know, they're tied with the Bengals at 7-4, atop of the AFC North. But all four of their losses have come with a blown two-score lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Ravens should be 11-0 right now, if we're being, if we're being honest. They should be 11-0. So week two versus Dolphins, they led 35-14 at one point, lost that game. At home against the Bills, led 20-3 at one point, lost that game. On the road at the Giants, led 20-10, lost that game. 
Week 12, this past Sunday at the Jaguars, led 19-10. They gave up a walk-off touchdown and two-point conversion to lose that game. Guys, um, Johnny, I'll start with you. I mean, the Ravens, if they fall short of the AFC Championship, I mean, this has to be this has to be it for Harbaugh, right? Um, I think Harbaugh. Um, you know what's funny? It's 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 funny. I don't think this will be ultimately it for him, but I think this definitely puts him in the hot seat. Um, but it's it. I, I think that they. Um, see, they've ultimately kept well, the still, same well, coaches. Let me, let me let me say this. Let, let me ask you this. Okay. If they end up missing the playoffs. Will this be because I feel like it has to be with oh yeah yeah I'm not gonna lie they 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 definitely if they miss the playoffs I'm yeah I would have to agree that this might be he might get called into that office but if they make the if they make the playoffs and just uh, don't exceed the expectations then yeah hot seat for him overall though he's in trouble overall is 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 it's getting weird it's weird to me because they kept the same coaching staff for the most part and they're just not dominate anymore and not it's it specifically with the fourth quarter with this defense specifically with the fourth quarter um uh like over the past i think like i'm trying to see right here they uh that they just don't they blown leads like you said multiple but they're like like their fourth quarter defense is just it's just atrocious they give up nine points every fourth quarter per uh as far as opponents and that's a lot of points in the fourth quarter that that's like the second worst in the NFL, so that doesn't help at all. But at the same time, I'm not gonna lie, it, Lamar Jackson's playing not 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 to up to the standards that we thought. I that offense is weird, especially in the red zone. This is the I think this is the year that he quote unquote bet on himself to 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 prove that he can that he's worth than what he's worth more than what the Ravens were giving him, and he is like they're throwing the football a little uh, better than they're running it, but overall. They're three of nine in the red zone in like the last two games. They were two of five on Sunday against the Jaguars. Uh, just struggling inside the 20 yard line, which is weird for us to see with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar was like, uh, what do you say? I got a stat here. He was two of 10 passing for 17 yards in the red zone. And, but from the past three years, he was completing over 60% of his passes in the red zone. So he was basically just about a bucket. I don't know what's going on, um, with, with their, red zone efficiency this year um but also uh his uh Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter uh he's not he's got like a 75 passer rating in the fourth quarter specifically and um it's it's not it's I don't know what's uh it's it's basically like just certain parts of the game that they're lacking in and in certain game situations um I I really don't have a I mean well Bates Rashad Bates being there doesn't help but did they did they pick up Deshaun Jackson? Because maybe he can help with that offense of some sort. But at they the did. end of the day, they, did. they got okay. Well, they got multiple problems there. Uh, one of them, I think, is which I think you heard us uh, specifically. Oh, <laughs> uh, did he, bro? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, um, yeah, but ultimately, their problem is basically red zone efficiency, and the defense just can't get off the field, guys. Um, even if you want to put it down, Lamar's playing a little bit below par, but overall, it's it's basically the full quarter with this team. Yeah, he got hurt in his debut against the Saints. Deshaun Jackson did. Um, well, I mean, wow, wow. No, he played. He played. He played last week, though. He played against the Jacks. He uh, he, he scored. No, he, yeah, did, he, he definitely did. 
Yeah, he had a forty-six yeah. yard bomb that uh set up the uh the last touchdown the Ravens scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but to Johnny's point, I mean, he's not much of a red zone threat either. I mean, Mark Andrews is probably your only reliable target down there. Yeah, and but even with that point, he scored. Um, so at the same time, like they don't put up a lot of yards through the air because of their heavy ground game. They try to run the ball, but they've been pretty good throwing the ball this year. Like, contrary to what to what their stats are looking. Looking like the majority of the points that they're averaging, I think it's like, which, which isn't much. I think they're averaging 190 plus points a game. I mean, I'm sorry, not points, yards. I'm, I apologize, guys, but they're not averaging much, but the majority of that is coming from the pad, from, from the air. So, uh, Deshaun Jackson, he only did score. Hopefully he could bring them some life, but they got, uh, more, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Greg, how, how would you assess that? Do you think these blown leads are more, just on the Ravens just taking a foot off the gas? Like, is it a defensive problem? Is it an offensive problem, which leads to defensive problems? Because the offense kind of gets stale in, the, in these games. You said me? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I just think it's uh, just poor play all around. Here's the thing. Like, the Ravens' defense have given up, uh, have given up close to uh, – the Ravens' defense has given up 63 points a game. Have given up 63 points a game, uh, in the fourth, sorry, 63 points in the fourth quarter of those four losses that they've blown those leads. They've, but the Ravens offense have only, wow. has only scored 25 points in the fourth quarter of those games where they've blown those leads. So clearly, I mean, yes, Lamar Jackson has, has provided. So it, it, it is a defensive issue. And we thought that once they got that, uh, uh, I'm blanking on our brother's name from, uh, from the Chicago Bears. We thought that that would show up, uh, Raekwon, uh, Smith? Roquan Smith. Once they got Roquan Smith, Roquan from, Smith. from the, yeah, once they got Roquan sure. Smith from the Bears, we thought that that would show up some of the issues. But like, I mean, there's also we just a lot of issues. Quinn here. Yeah, we, uh, there was also <laughs> a lot of issues with, uh, um, exactly. There's also a lot of issues with their just, um, their secondary as well. Um, I think so. I think so. To answer your question directly, I think it's twofold. Here. Um, I think that the de- the Ravens defense just isn't what we're accustomed to seeing, and that's been clear over the that's been evident and clear over the over the these four games that they've lost. For them, for Lamar Jackson to have put the team in position where they've had double digit leads in each or eight in in all in three of the four games and a nine point lead in the only other game, and then for them to still lose in the fourth quarter, I think speaks very much so to their defense. But like, let's be perfectly clear. This offense is trash. It's not okay. Let me rephrase it. It's not trash, but this offense is like a one-trick pony. And what I mean by that is, like, let's be like we've already talked about this. About like, I feel like we uh, we talked about this a little bit. Like Johnny mentioned it, but like, let's go into depth, right? They lost Rashad Bateman, right? Rashad Bateman is done with a foot injury for the rest of the season. Let's go through who their wide receivers are. Devin Duvernay, God bless him. I don't have any beef with the brother, but like we don't. I don't know if he can be a number one. Maybe he's just best being a number two. I haven't seen him in this number one role yet. I mean, we've seen him for a past couple of days, games in this number one role, and like it isn't like the the offense has been. He's been, uh uh the offense has been on fire with him as a number one wide receiver. Demarcus Robinson, huh? James Proch the second. Hold on. Excuse me. Now, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm genuinely not even trying to disrespect them. But if you came into the year and said 
they were going to lose Rashad Bateman. And I told you, like, name name the other three wide receivers, the starting wide receivers that Lamar Jackson would be throwing the ball to. I'd be, I feel like I'd be hard pressed for y'all to give me these names. I'm just going to be real. So in a position where Mark Andrews, the tight end is the number one option. It seems like when Lamar Jackson gets tight, that's who he's throwing, trying to throw it to. And if I'm the defense, the defense only knows that we came into the same. It feels like we came into this year very down on the chiefs offense because they lost Tyreek Hill. And we said, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a, a, a Travis Kelsey show. And it's just going to be a, a, a by committee type of thing. But we like, but we slept on how good Juju would be. We slept on how good some of these other wide receivers, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin. We slept on how good some of these other receivers, uh, the Darius uh, Tony, where'd he come from? Exactly. So we, we, we slept on, we slept on the how injury good list. So, I, so, I'm, <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying, like, when I'm, when I'm looking at it, like, it's like, oh, you're saying, like, Lamar, like, I'm hearing, like, Lamar Jackson is kind of, like, not playing up to part in the fourth quarter, which is true, which is true, but it's like, bro, like, at the end of the day, they're coming into the season, the knock on Lamar Jackson is that he couldn't throw the football. All he could do was run it. And let's be real, if Lamar Jackson kept on running it at the rate that he had ran it in these past three seasons, he would have had a significant injury come either so either in the coming years that we would have been like dang like Lamar Jackson is not the same no more we said that we need to see more throwing from Lamar Jackson and we've already started to see him improve from that dramatically this season but he doesn't even have the wide receiver talent to really make it a threat when you got to get a 35 year old wide receiver I love to meet some Deshaun Jackson come on this Philadelphia I love me some Deshaun Jackson when you got to get a 35 year old wide receiver to to and and he's and we're we're talking about him as being a potential answer if I'm if I'm the de- if I'm a cornerback, bro, this defense. I mean, this offense is fried chicken outside of Mark Andrews. Stop Mark Andrews. What else is going to happen? So, and and then we haven't even talked about. We talk about this running game. The running game hasn't been the best this season. Let's be perfectly clear. Lamar Jackson is the running game because if we remember, every single one of Lamar Jackson's running backs have had some sort of significant knee injury over the past two seasons, except for Kenyon Drake, who just came into the season, to the team this year. It wasn't even expected to be the primary back. That's breathe, me. Greg, I'm, breathe. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, let me, you, know me. You, know, you know me. Let me go over and drink some water. I'll be back. Well, Chris, I broke down the uh, the Browns' remaining schedule for you. I'll break down the, uh, the Ravens' remaining schedule. Uh, if I can pull it. I just had it. Give me a second. All right, so they have the uh, Broncos country coming into town next week at the Steelers, at the Browns, which I mentioned earlier, home against the Falcons, home against the Steelers, and they finish week 18, which could be an ASC North championship game at the Bengals. So my question is very simple. Can they overcome these blown leads? Can they stay in first place? And, you know, will they just be able to hang on for the season and make the playoffs? All right. So I want to say a couple of things, but while I'm saying these couple of things, ahead, I probably yes. will answer your questions. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, I think even though with the blown leads and stuff, I feel like Lamar Jackson has done enough and shown enough that he's going to get paid this offseason. Regardless of whatever team he's going to reset from, the market. He, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we sign Jalen before he, he gets signed because – yeah. Lamar Jackson is going to get paid this offseason. I don't care what team is from. Some team is going to give him all that and a bag of chips. So that's the first thing. You uh, feel like it's the Ravens? 
I mean, it could be because they might be able to offer him the most money. You don't think he'll been... leave, right? Shoot. Give me $300 million, see what I'll do. Let's see, what, <laughs> see where I'll be going. Let me see $300 million on the table. I think outside of that, I want to go back to the Harbaugh statement. I do feel like unless they make a good run in the playoffs, this is going to be his last year. And I'm saying that because of the blown lead. Like you said, John, earlier, the Ravens could easily be 11-0 right now, the number one team in the AFC, just basically are paving their way to make sure they get a first-round buy so that no matter what happens in the playoffs, you got to come through Baltimore in order to get to the Super Bowl. And they kind of just wasted the opportunity. Now, I agree with a lot of what Greg said, too, because I want to piggyback off him. When you look at this offense on paper, they really don't have a lot, and it's difficult to just find any playmakers outside of Mark Andrews. Now, I'm like, well, I, we already know Lamar Jackson's a playmaker, but I'm just talking about from the running back group and the receiving group. Outside of Mark Andrews, they really don't have a playmaker. So when you look at their games and you see that basically the only way that they can put points on the board or the only way they can move the ball down the field is by Lamar Jackson making plays, whether it be with his legs or through the air, it's difficult to see – well, it's not difficult to see how they're able to blow these first-half leads or these double-digit leads that they keep building up. And like we, and again, like we talked about, it, while this defense is good, it's not as advertised. We thought that them getting Kyle Hamilton, them signing Marcus Williams from the from the Saints, we thought that they were going to have one of the best secondaries in the entire football league, me included. I thought they were going to be dangerous to go against. And, and through the season, they showed me that. Their defense is their defense can break in a lot of moments. We thought getting Roquan Smith and pairing him with an older Justin Houston, a veteran, him learning from himself, they would have a nice pass rush duel that could get to the quarterback. And while Justin Houston has been doing pretty decent this year, like for somebody of his age and his stature, he's been he's been playing well. He's been playing very well. We see the defense it, it doesn't bend, it breaks in certain moments. And it's and it comes down to when they go to the second half. I don't want to say that the team is being conservative because they I don't feel like they're being conservative. But if Lamar Jackson is unable to make plays by himself, where, do you, where does the offense come from? And, again, when you're getting constant three and outs in the second half, the defense is eventually going to get tired because they have to keep coming back onto the field. Three plays in a punt is not enough for the defense to catch their breath. And I, I know people, like, sometimes, as us as fans, we don't realize that, but – at the end of the day, time time possession means a lot in the NFL. So when the Ravens are unable to win the time possession in the second half, the defense has to constantly go on the field, and they look suspect at best when they're out there, and Lamar Jackson can't make plays. It's just difficult to see how the Ravens are able to sustain the lead for the AFC North. Based off what you said, the, on the remaining parts of the schedule, it is their division to lose, no doubt about it. Now, no doubt if they do lose, Harbaugh needs to get fired. I feel like if they don't get to a certain – I feel like they don't get to the divisional round or the championship game and the playoffs, Harbaugh needs to be fired. To be honest, I'm giving them to the championship game. Exactly. And, and, and a firing? Not a, not, not, not a hot no. seat, a fire. Yeah. yeah. It's not that Harbaugh's a bad coach, but sometimes you just – I'm about to say he's in the hot seat. I mean, I feel like he's already in the hot seat as it is because, again, when you're blowing mm. double-digit point leads – to a bunch of teams that you should beat. The only team, the only team I could see Maybe the Ravens not beating should have been the Buffalo Bills on paper. But again, they were up twenty to three on them and lost the lead. 
Well, same thing. Same thing with the Dolphins. They were up how much? They were up 14, 14 points with what? 21, 20. That was a wide. Yeah, it was, it was 35, it was 35, 35, 14. Right. And they lost. Like at some at point home. in time, you need a different, you need a different voice in charge. And it's not like Harbaugh's a bad coach. It's not like he won't get another coaching opportunity, but maybe his time has just ran out in Baltimore. It happens to the best of them. Andy Reese time ran out of Philadelphia. He went to Kansas City and did, he, he yeah. went to Kansas City and turned up. It happens to the best of the coaches. Maybe that is maybe it's just Harbaugh's time is just up, or maybe it's coming to an end. It happens to the best coaches out there. We're gonna see. Shoot, I mean, I'm gonna say this even has been said. Mike Tomlin might be fired this year. Not saying that's his fault. Not saying he's a bad coach, but maybe his time just might nah. be up. I understand. You made your point with that one. No, that no, that was a perfect example. I see what he's saying now. Can I, can I, can I, can I chime in and just say, it's like, I understand what you're saying, bro, but like, like, this not, like, I'm just gonna keep it all the way stacked, like, my timeline not getting fired at this season. Let's just put that right there. And I'm, and I'm telling you, John, it's his first, it's his first, it's his first losing season ever. Right. right? right. And then for, 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 hold on. And let's be, and let's also be perfectly clear, like, we're saying all this about the Ravens. The Ravens are 74. Right? The Ravens are 74, one. Right. Number two, let's be real. They didn't that like they that that for uh that season last year, uh when they missed the playoffs was the first time they had missed the playoffs since like 2017 or like 2016, something like that. Right. Uh, so that that's two. Number three, the only reason why they missed the playoffs last year was in that co. I think was that the COVID shortened year. Uh, I I don't know. Did they? No, no, no. They made the playoffs. It was last the second year, year of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the the I remember there was a year where they were eight and three, and then they proceeded to lose five straight, and it just so coincided with oh I don't know Lamar Jackson going down with an injury like <laughs> let, let like I think I think what's uh Harbaugh gets an like I don't I think especially if they make the play if they don't make the playoffs I think that says something but I think at seven and four they're easily gonna I think they could easily slash snag at least the seventh seed in this playoffs and and I think if they get another year I, I think he's gonna get another year the only way he, this is even a discussion in my personal opinion is if he gets if, if if they don't make the playoffs but to but to sit here and act like John Harbaugh gonna lose his job with a seven and four team right now is only egregious to is only realistic is if they finish like seven and nine or seven and ten. But if they finish like I don't know like eleven and six, I don't know uh twelve and five, bro, come on, man. like I, mean, I, I hear you. I, 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 I know the Ravens fans personally. I I feel like they're just tired of them. Like like Chris said, it's just time. Like even with. A successful regular season. It's just when it's time, it's time. You know. But fans are fans. But, man, but fans always get. Our, our fans are always like that. That's why you can't. Like I'm not gonna lie. We were ready. Philly fans were ready to beat up Howie Roseman for this season. Like, like you know what I mean. So it's just like. I well, not before you. this season, but before 2020. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But wait, right. Johnny had. John, wait, Curtis. But Johnny has said that was a great example. I want to hear Johnny's reason to why it was is a perfect example. Go ahead, Johnny. Oh yeah, Mike Tomlin, his pedigree. He'll, 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 cause at the end of the day, like you said, his first losing season ever, he's not getting fired. But I see the point he's trying to make as far as, uh, like that's like what you were saying, Chris. That's like, uh, Mike Tomlin, like you think even he might be fired as far yeah, as the it, concept not, of yeah, a time, a coach's time can be up. Yeah. Like a coach, yeah. if a coach's time is up in that franchise, it's up in that franchise. 
But at the same time, a coach like Mike Tomlin is getting a call the next day. A coach like John Harbaugh exactly. is getting a call the next day. Exactly. So I, I, I see, I see the, the pedigree of coaching. But honestly, I, I do understand with that. But I think even to that, to that point, um, it's, it's an unfair business. But I definitely understand Very what Chris is saying. Right. And, and Greg, just to, just to come back at what you were saying, like, I, I, like, no, like, everything you said is very true. No doubt about it. But I'm going to take it to a different sport real quick. Dwayne Casey won coach of the year for the Raptors and got fired. And that was probably the best thing the Raptors ever did. Cause that summer they got a coach in Nick Nurse who was groomed to be a great head coach and Kawhi Leonard and they won the championship. And the Raptors still are still competitive without Kawhi Leonard. So sometimes changing the, Changing the voice in charge is a good thing for your team. Just saying. Even if he even if he doesn't deserve to be fired, sometimes just changing the man in charge is a good thing. These are all solid points. Well, I do want to move on though, because we still have a lot to get over. Unless Greg, you just have a like a final thought. One no, no, no. You go, you go. You can move on. You can get move on. I feel like Chris ended it with a good point. Yeah. That, I mean, solid conversation. Um. We'll see with the Ravens. I, I, you got to remember, too, John Harbaugh, he might feel like it's time, and he may just step down regardless, but we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to let that play out. The AFC North, a lot going on over there. But let's switch to a team in the NFC North, uh, and that being the Green Bay Packers, who lost to the Eagles this past Sunday night, 40-33 to on Sunday night football. In the second quarter of that game, Aaron Rodgers suffered a rib injury, and he he stuck through, you know, for for some time. He, he stayed out there and he played a few drives, but you could tell like he's just it, he he was in just an amount like an immense amount of pain. He could only really throw screens and uh, throw swing passes. He couldn't really get the ball down the field anymore. And excuse me, around the end of the third quarter, suffered a sack from uh, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox got in there, and that was, that was pretty much it. it. It just, he couldn't stand the pain any longer. He had to be pulled. And Jordan Love came in in the fourth quarter. And in that fourth quarter, Love, he, he threw for, he threw six of nine for 113 yards and a touchdown in just the fourth quarter against that just amazing Jonathan Gannon defense, being sarcastic here. But with that, with that fourth quarter performance from Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, he says he plans to play at the Bears this Sunday with a rib injury and a broken thumb that he's been playing with all season. I respect the gamesmanship. I respect the competitive spirit. It just feels like at four and eight and with the bye week coming up, this feels just absolutely foolish. Chris, I'm going to start with you this time. Should Aaron Rodgers be benched? Not only just for this game coming up, but possibly for just the rest of the season, just not bench him based on performance, but just for his own good, just shut him down and just give the keys to Jordan Love. So to me, the Packers is in a very difficult situation and they, the Packers have nobody else to blame but themselves. Uh, so to answer your question, I do feel like Aaron Rodgers should just sit out the rest of the season and just let Jordan Love play. I feel like that at this point in time, I don't look, I, I know the Packers technically haven't been eliminated from the playoffs yet, but it, to me, it just seems very unrealistic that they can turn this season around with what seven weeks left. Now I could be wrong, but in my opinion, I feel like that at this point in time, 
It's just time to let Jordan Love just run the offense, let Aaron Rodgers just rest up for next year, and where you can run it back. Now, the reason I say the Packers are in a very sticky situation is because I know they're coming up on the end of Jordan Love's rookie deal, and they just re-signed Aaron Rodgers. So now you're in a situation where you have your court, you have you still have your franchise quarterback, but this quarterback that you drafted for the future is now coming up on his on the end of his deal. So now what are you going to do? Are you going to pay him money to be a backup or are you going to let, cause at this point in time, I feel like Jordan Love, while he might appreciate being behind Aaron Rodgers and learning from this stuff, after three years of, 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 after being a first round pick and then being benched for three years, I feel like at some point in time, he's going to want to try to, you know, be the starting quarterback for his own team. So now is Jordan Love willing to take money from you guys to be a backup and to, so, till Aaron Rodgers' contract runs out. But then at the same time, do the Packers want to be in a situation where they just gave a guy $150 million guaranteed? Do they want to try to move him right now? They're in a tough situation. Now, Aaron Rodgers earlier today, the reports that said he was he would be open-minded to having Jordan Love start the rest of the season. And he said he was cool with that, and I believe he is. But that's only for this season. They're still going to have a lot of questions to answer come the offseason just in terms of the quarterback battle itself. Because now, let's just say you do pay Jordan Love to be a backup. Now, he might feel some, he might feel under, now, he might take it, but again, he might feel underappreciated because, again, he's still going to be sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. So now, let's just say Jordan Love doesn't want to be a backup anymore. He decides to leave. Now you have Aaron Rodgers, but now you don't have that quarterback of the future anymore that you were supposed to have. So now are you going to take one of the drafts? Are you going to try to trade for one? How is that going to work out for you? I feel like the, I feel like the Packers, they're not in a lose-lose situation yet, but they're, they're heading in that direction just because of the decision that they made. Now, I think that Jordan Love will be – I feel like they should start Jordan Love because at this point in time, like you said, Aaron Rodgers is beat up right now. He's hurt. He has a broken thumb. His ribs are probably busted up. He's probably got some other injuries that we don't know about. I don't know. I'm just assuming that just because he plays football. So let Jordan Love get more reps in with the first stringers. Let him – Go out there, and if not for you guys, advertise for other teams that might be interested in bringing in a quarterback for a quarterback battle. Let him advertise what he can do. Because in that fourth quarter against one of the best defenses in the league in the Eagles, he played pretty. He played well. He played well for a sample size. Now, let's see what he can do over the course of three, four, or five games. Let's see what a sample size looks then. So that way he can set himself up for a nice free agency market when that time comes. I feel like he should play. Give him the reps. Let him see what let, – let's see what he can do. I think he's tired of being on the bench right now. I think he's tired of being... Greg, did you want to chime in? Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say I, I think uh, – like I'm just going to say pump the brakes on the whole Jordan Love thing in terms of like not like – like I'm talking about against – based off what he did against the Eagles just because like, yes, yeah, six for nine and over 100 yards. And he did was order. But uh, CJ, yeah, was, CJ hurt. was hurt. CJ was hurt one, but also like I think like literally half of that those yards came on that one play that he had uh to uh, Christian Watson. So it's like you know what I mean. It was literally and, and Christian Watson honestly did most of the legwork in terms of getting the yards after the catch for that touchdown. So it's like yeah. I, I feel you, I feel you. But like you know what I'm saying like there's there's definitely more to be a lot more questions than answers, especially after that performance. But I don't think we should just base him because we saw that cheese game last year. Lower have mercy to, was the brother struggling. Um, I'll also just make some, <laughs> but I, I do think, I do think that, uh, it's probably best for Aaron Rodgers to get rest because 
honestly, it's, I think it might even come down. I think personally, what I personally think they should do is, and I, and this is not going to be popular, but I think they should. Don't, keep don't steal my thunder. I think they should, I think they should, I think they should, they should, uh, they should keep Jordan Love and trade Aaron Rodgers and then just start rebuilding. I'm not even going to lie to you. Ah, uh, you jumped the gun on uh, Realistically, if Aaron was going, if, if Aaron could have get you a championship with Devontae and a number one defense, uh, statistically, like what else is going to, could he, what else would you, could you get him with this inflated contract? That's going to allow them to be Super Bowl contenders over the next couple of years. So, and especially after we've seen the way that Russell Wilson has been playing, not saying that Aaron Rodgers is nowhere near Russell Wilson in terms of like how his drop off is going to be and stuff like that. But we saw the haul that they gave for Russell Wilson and that's for a brother. And, he, and he's been a, a diminished goods ever since. So I'm saying, why not? While you have someone like an Aaron Rodgers who still has garnered a huge market, Get as much as you can from him and start the rebuild now. And then you just sign Aaron uh, Jordan Love. I mean, you got it. It's gonna be a hard like to rip the bandaid off. But listen, I'm not gonna lie. I don't even know. I don't even know why we're even having this conversation because the, the the Green Bay Packers have been in this position before when they transitioned between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and they and that looked worked out pretty well for them. So like, come on, rip the bandaid off. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean. You, you... You kind of stole my thunder a bit. I was going to lead that. I was going to follow up with that because, look, he's not retiring because there's too much money on the table for him. And he's not getting cut because there's way too much dead cap money on the table for the Packers. So, I mean, trading him is really the only real solution here. And, I mean, they could follow that Seahawks blueprint of, hey, let's try to – you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for the Super Bowl. That was just, which feels forever ago now. Thank you, you know, thank you. But, you know, let's get a haul for you while there's still some value. So, I mean, Johnny, how likely is it that Aaron Rodgers is traded in in the offseason? And if so, if he is, what's a good destination for him or what's the best destination for him? Um, Honestly, that's... In my personal opinion, I think I think he's gonna want he's gonna he's gonna want to go somewhere where he could win, um, and he's gonna want to go somewhere that you know that's not not that's gonna cater to his ego, but to where though he can he can he can pretty much have a say to an extent because he at the end of the day he's not gonna go to a rebuilding team, and but at the same time. Um, a team off the top of my head. I mean, shoot, with the with the Bucks looking like if Brady don't come back, <laughs> I'm hearing that he might go back to New England, but that could be just smoke. That's interesting. Yeah, that that's that's interesting smoke. I tell you that. But at the end of the day, where we are now, right now, I can tell, to... tell you a team off Whoa. the top of my head. San Francisco. Oh, why not? Interesting. Why interesting. Not? Oh, Cali kid, right? Cali kid, right? The team that he wanted to go to, the team that passed up on him. Any with the cow, yeah. Any with the cow, Mm -hmm. West Coast dude. So he'll definitely be open up. That makes it makes more sense to me. But uh, I was Caffrey Kittle. Oh, they gotta, oh, they gotta take that on. That'd be, I that'd be interesting. And I tell you one, and I tell you one thing: if Jordan Love, if if they, if hundred a touchdown, hundred six for nine, hundred fourteen yards. They got a fifth-year option decision to pick up on Jordan Love. They have multiple quarterback decisions. So if Aaron Rodgers 
does make that trip. Now, I wonder what they're going to do with him if he continues to play. But as far as moving on right now, I think Aaron Rodgers is just like, I, my personal opinion, you all might as well just go, y'all paid him that money, just make him a glorified backup and put this kid out there. Um, because at the end of the day, I, we, I've said this before, For this and season, I'll say right? it again. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I, that's my personal opinion. Okay, okay. And, all right. Yeah, yeah, just make him a glorified backup and let them, put that kid out there. And at the end of the day, you do what you do in the offseason. But right now, like I've have, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, I have a very, I'm old school. I believe in grooming your quarterback still. Uh, I love Lamar Jackson, you know, back, you know, a couple years ago during his MVP season, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, all these young quarterbacks that hit the ground running. But they, um, they set the standard and it kind of like, you know, made it, it kind of took away the, the grooming space for these other quarterbacks coming in. I will, uh, Robbie Anderson, real quick on a podcast, he mentioned, uh, this, even with Sam Darnold, back when he was with the Panthers, he admitted, they said they shouldn't have put Sam Darnold out there so quick. And they feel like his development was speeded and overhyped. And I mean, not overhyped, but it was just fast forwarded. And that's why he didn't become the quarterback that he should have been. I think that with this, like even Cooper Rush, in my personal opinion, he's, he, he, the Cowboys were 4-0 when he was stepping in because he stayed with them. He understood the system. He got, they got a chance to groom him. Same thing with Jordan Love. Even back in the day, Brady under Bledsoe, uh, 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 Rogers under Favre. Like, get, groom your quarterbacks, people. We can't all be, they can't all be Pat Mahomes and those young, those young stars that we see today. Um, at the end of the day, I think Jordan Love is just a con, it's just a protege of that. And, and that was just uh, not his coming out party, but like, you, you see what I'm saying. I, I, I believe that that right there is a reason they should con- continue to put him out there. And at the end of the and day, like, yes, see what you can do with that. I don't know. Just yeah, to be back on that point. It. I was going to say, just to piggyback off that point, uh, Johnny, like, I mean, you said Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen, and they were all groomed up by other QBs. Josh Allen had Tyrod Taylor, uh, Patrick Mahomes had Alex Smith, and Lamar Jackson was under Joe Flacco until he came in. Excellent point. The elite Joe Flacco. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> I'm kidding. But you know, we 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 have been spoiled by you know the likes of Herbert. Multiple Burrow. years, though. Yeah, mo- yeah. I, I I believe they. Uh, I'm, I we were spoiled by that 2020 start. class. You know, it's yeah. Tua as well is like. Well, Tua had a, a bit of and a I, start, but he's he's yeah. And I believe. Yeah, and I believe like Jordan Love is even. That's an excellent point that you uh, that you made to that. But to 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 my overall. Concept is just I believe that Jordan Love is a protege of like keeping the quarterback in the system and not giving up and shipping them off or whatever and for picks and trying to win right now and I believe that reason alone is why they should yeah I believe Jordan Love should get put out there especially now it just makes the most sense you know play the young kid shut down Aaron Rodgers so he doesn't suffer any further injuries so he he'll still have trade value going forward. You get that contract off the table. You pay Jordan Love significantly less because it's his first deal. Um, he's going to get paid more than his rookie contract, obviously, but it's, it, he hasn't really done anything yet, so you don't have to pay him a ton of money. You can give him a solid $10, $15 million a year and, and call it a day for two, three years, and you get, a, a I'm assuming, a haul of picks back. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what 49ers, what their uh, – the upcoming draft stock is looking like, but you're probably not going to get the same deal that Seattle got for 
uh, Russell Wilson, teams are probably going to be a little hesitant to even make a call for Aaron Rodgers, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. You know, don't don't worry about what Russell Wilson is doing. You know, Aaron Rodgers is not Russell Wilson. So, hey, it, it just seems logical. Chris, uh, before I move on, how, how would you feel about A-Rod with, uh, with the 49ers? I feel like if they were just... It's nasty, yeah. bro. It, I mean, it's, a, it's great to think about, but at the same time, They've tried to, I guess, prepare this offense for Trey Lance. So now it's like, where, where does he fit in the equation? Where is he going to go now? And now, so let's just say you I mean, he can't, Rodgers, he can't take the job from Jimmy G. It's like. I mean, he did, but he did take the job from Jimmy G. He just got hurt. That's the thing. I like not, it wasn't Jimmy his twist G. to get hurt. It's not that easy. I like Jimmy He just got hurt. So now it's like, now, so now you think about it. Now you trade because Aaron Rodgers of momentum. the 49ers. Yeah, you trade him right to the 49ers. Now Jordan Love and now Trey Lance are both now battling for a quarterback spot when they both were basically brought in to basically be the franchise quarterbacks for their respective teams. I still feel like even with that, you're still going to put yourself in a difficult situation because short-term success or short-term goals, I'll say, for the 49ers looks good. Definitely. With that offensive line, with the weapons that he had, looks it looks great. A match man has it. But at the same time now, now that that just leaves the odd man out. But again, like I said, the offense like grooms and built for somebody like Trey Lance. I hear you. I hear you. It's it's just something fun to think about. You know, it's we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, I do want to move on to and and stay with that Sunday night football game and their opponents now, the Eagles. I'm gonna try to make this rather quickly. We still have we still got to talk about Mike White. Sheesh. Um, the Eagles are ten and one. They defeated the Packers. It, it was not. It was a wild game. Eagles ran for three hundred and sixty-three yards, the most they ran for in a game in nearly seventy years. Um, Sanders, Hurts couldn't be stopped on the ground. Eagles are a game up on the Vikings in the standings, and they have the tiebreaker. So essentially, they're two games up on the Minnesota Vikings for the number one seed. But, you know, the Cowboys, the damn Cowboys, they're lurking. The 49ers, who I just mentioned, even with Jimmy G, just still an incredible slew of offensive weapons. And now we see what their defense can do, shutting out the Saints this past Sunday. And, of course, the Vikings, who, you know, the Eagles did beat handedly, but the Vikings are still a very good team. So, um, Johnny, I'll start with you. Who is the Eagles, just hypothetically speaking, divisional round, NFC championship perhaps, January football at the link, assuming the Eagles hang on to that number one seed, who would be the biggest threat to come in and knock the Eagles out of the playoffs at the link? And, and it's crazy. Excellent question. It's crazy. Why am I not saying, like, who we should be saying, dude? Like, why am I not saying the Bucks? Why am I not saying the Pack? Packers, why am I not saying the uh, the this teams that we no yeah, yeah, bro, it makes no sense. The Rams. The Rams. All but mathematically eliminated. Packers are all but mathematically eliminated. Buccaneers will make it in by default just because the and, division is so bad. Yeah, and then and then on. So with that being said, it's just weird. With that being said, I have to um. I have to say it. I'm I'm the most scared of the 49ers. Like you meant, like you aforementioned. Um, this team, 
and it's just it's it's weird with this team. Like for, at the end of the day, uh, Jimmy Jimmy G, he's he is what he is, but he's not. He's always been not that shabby. I've always I've always had that 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 stick that that stigma for him. He's not that shabby as the media comes down on him to be. This kid's got he's got a QB rating of uh 103 so far this season. 16 and four touchdown to interception ratio, 2300 yards and counting. Um, uh, just uh just a ball. He I think he gave uh what is it? Uh, I think he played the Rams or who was that team he gave? He had a passer rating of 132 and a half. Like he's had like he this he he's been balling. At the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan, offensive genius. The the weapons that they have, absolutely. But I'm gonna tell you this now: it's that defense. It is that defense is something else. And I'm gonna tell you, it, it's been like that for a couple seasons. But this defense is something, something else. Well, like they they, I think they're first. Um, they're first in opponents uh in opponent allowing points per game uh at fifteen and a half, at fifteen and a half. But over the past four games, they've been out allowing ten points uh from their opponent, which is a stagnant defense, uh, only allowing 280 yards. Like um, uh, uh, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward, Armstead, Nick Bosa, they like those. They those got D'Amico Ryan. Shout out to him, the former Eagle Lion linebacker. Got that. Got that deep as a defensive coach. Got them balling. But it was just one young player that stands out to me. To to uh, to Telenoa Hufanga, second year out of UFC. This cat is a. This young kid is some. He's a stud. It's just an a, 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 a underrated addition to that Niners stack, already stacked defense. Like he's got, uh, he's top for second in stops at his position, um, uh, pass breakups, and he's top for second in interceptions. He's got, he's got uh, four plus picks and five plus tackles for loss, for losses. I think he's the only NFL, uh, the only player in the NFL this season to accomplish that stat wise so far. Like so, they're just rolling. They scare the crap out of me. They can run the football, and they just got so many Swiss Army knives. And oh my God! Like, like it's just the Forty Nineers. That's my biggest threat. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's former Eagle. Um, his time with the Eagles was ended abruptly. He suffered that Achilles injury back in 2014, which was just a wild year. Chip Kelly. It was 2014 to 2015. One of those Chip Kelly years. Um, suffered a devastating Achilles injury. Yeah, Robert Sala. You know the former Forty Nineers. Defensive coordinator, he got a head coaching job. I'm going to need to meet Go Ryans to get at least some consideration, a couple of interviews, if not, you know, a head coaching job on his own. Um, Greg, how do you feel? Do you feel like the Niners are the biggest threat? You think maybe even, dare I say, the Commanders? I mean, they are, oh, God, I don't even know why I'm saying that, but they already beat them at the link. Could it be the Commanders? Maybe those Cowboys. Greg, uh, swing it to John or Chris. Yeah, Chris. Okay, so I I was so Johnny did take my answer, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to kind of reiterate all the points he said, but I would say that the biggest threat is the 49ers, just because, like you said, it, it's really not so much just because of Jimmy G, because Jimmy G is not going to be the difference maker in a 49ers Eagles game is going to be that defense and like Johnny said that deep with the Miko Ryan at the helm that defense can stop the run of the Eagles it can stop the pass so now it comes it's going to become a game of chess between the the 49ers defense and the Eagles offense what I think will be very enticing to see and we've seen 
especially for me over the past couple of weeks, we've seen just like, like little cracks in the Eagles, whether it be the run game, whether it be, I guess, I guess bad turnovers on the offensive side, the run game not really as strong without Jordan Davis. We've seen these little cracks pop up with the Eagles. And I feel like out of all the teams in the NFC that could expose those cracks the most, it will be the 49ers. One, because of all the Swiss Army Knights that they have an offense. Two, they just like the Eagles, they have a really good offensive line. So it's tough to get pressure to Jimmy G. And three, that defense, just like the Eagles, is top tier and against both the run and the pass. So that's that could turn that into like a very ugly type of game. And we saw Jimmy Jean did not put up a lot of points against the Saints, but he didn't need to put up a lot of points against the Saints because the defense shut him out. Uh, I will just say this just to add a team so I don't have to have the same answer with Johnny. I would say a dark horse for the Eagles, and I can't believe I'm saying this draft for this year, but I'm going to say the New York Giants. And the reason I'm saying the Giants is because... I knew it. I knew it. I ain't even mad. <laughs> the reason I'm saying the Giants is because, one, like I said earlier in this episode, or on this episode, just with the Vision Games itself, there's just something different about Division Rivals. There's something different about Division Games. And the Giants are known for, especially to me this year, but just when they play the Eagles in general, they're just known for making the game ugly. And if the Giants make the game ugly, they have a chance. If the Eagles are unable to go on that second quarter spurt that they go on, if they're unable to give, give themselves a nice lead where they have to put the game in Daniel Jones' heads and tell him, okay, this is what Jalen Hurts did, Daniel Jones. It's your time to go make a play. If they're unable to do that, the Giants have a chance. And basically with the same thing, like I – well, a little bit of the same things that I said about the – the 49ers goes with the Giants. They, their defense is not as good. Secondary is not – their secondary and the, their passing game, their run defense is not as good as the 49ers, but they they step up when they need to. Now, as of right now, I think – and it showed against the, the Cowboys, they're missing both of their starting cornerbacks right now. Who's to say if they meet in the playoffs that they're, that the defense isn't going to be fully healthy, which means it could be dangerous when we're going against the defense. Their run game is actually pretty stout. as Their run defense is actually pretty stout as well. And they can get pressure to the quarterback. Now, when we look at the offense, yeah, if you put the game in Daniel Jones' hands, I feel like the Eagles have a chance to win. But if it just comes down to a field goal here, a field goal there, maybe a Saquon Barkley touchdown, that's 13, that's 13, 14 points right there. That's a game the Giants can win. That's a game the Giants can win. Don't, don't say Chris like that's like you, like that's not true. That's again the Giants can win. <laughs> now I'm not now I'm not saying that the Giants will beat you guys if it comes to that point, but I'm saying as a dark horse threat to the Eagles and knocking them off and knocking them out the playoffs, I would have to say the Giants just because of that. But obviously, again, my number one answer would be watch the these two Eagles. I watch these two Eagles games against the Giants and let's have this conversation after those two games because I think it's about to be fraud shipping. I just seen the Giants get torn up by the Lions. I'm not worried. Right, and I also saw the Giants last year beat, put up a game against the Eagles when they won what thirteen to seven. That was last year. <sighs> that, was, that was an ugly game. That was an ugly game. All the Giants need to do is make it an ugly game. If the Giants make it an ugly game, they have a chance. That's it. Oh, right, that's true. But, but it's just a different Eagles team. It's a different Eagles team. All right, it's a different Giants team too. Yeah, but the Eagles are still in the sky. They're flying in the sky. So what are the Giants doing right now? 
Well, they still on the ground. Chris, 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 Chris. The statement, hold on, hold on. The only statement you need to know is yesterday's price is not today's price, bro. The nine and eight Eagles are not the ten and one Eagles, bro. Let's not do that. Right. Let's not do that. And the Giants last year, not the Giants this year. No, they're frauds. We all know it. Come on. <laughs> We're seeing it now. We're seeing it now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to call them frauds because half right. of their team is in, is on the injury list right now. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Wait, and, you know, I do think the Eagles the, are still a better right, team then regardless. The, then the last year's time the Giants made deep playoff runs, they came in the playoffs as wild card teams. Are they a wild card team right now? Really? Really? We're comparing Daniel Jones to Eli Manning. Eli, listen. We're comparing Daniel Jones to Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Eli Manning came like an all of fame quarterback. Not even that though. But right, but it's not even that though. Because that 2017 Super Bowl, that that's the 2017. I'm sorry. That 2007 Super Bowl that they won, their defense was atrocious, atrocious in the regular season. And what did they do in the playoffs? Stepped it up out of nowhere. Played the game of their lives continuously. Straight hands. Who said that that can't happen again? Right, right. But history repeats itself. And the Giants repeated the history four years after that Super Bowl and won another one. Who said history can't repeat itself? Who was the the QB? I'm not going to lie. Eli Manning played some of the best best quarterback play of his career. No doubt. Yes. Who said that can't happen? Everyone's to say that. Everyone's to say that. Who's to say that? Everyone. Everyone. But no, 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 no. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> not with Daniel Jones. You, not with Daniel Jones. I agree with Daniel Jones is not the answer. But don't sleep with the Giants now. If the game is ugly, they have a chance. That's all I'm saying. He's not. If they, he's if not they the answer. Ugly, have a he's not. He, he, he might have to be answered. The answer could be Saquon Barkley. He's not the answer. He's not the calculator that gets you to the answer. The answer, answer could be Saquon Barkley. He's not, so he's not the He's Dale Jones, the new answer? I just said it could be Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, it could be the new answer. All right, when Jordan, Jordan Davis comes back, it's over. Yo, you're definitely right, though. Not even want to disagree with you. Bro. Honestly, I, I, I honestly don't trust Jonathan Gannon at all. I have no faith in this man. So nothing will surprise me. Also, the special teams unit has to be the worst in the NFL. So, I mean, well, I will I will say the final four of the NFC playoffs could very well be all NFC East teams. And I'm just I'm rooting for that personally because I feel like that would just be cinema. Like I, I will just add in I didn't I didn't say who my uh, my pick yeah, was. Uh, yeah. I, I will I will also just go with the 49ers for everything that was said earlier. I think the biggest wild cards is Daniel Jones. Um, but you know, you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Brandon Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel, you got, uh, you got Kittle. Like, this is a dangerous team. So it, it's got to be the 49ers. And, not to um, mention that defense again. Not to mention that defense. It's just Jimmy G. Like, it's just okay, like, just Chris. don't see it, man. Okay. Like, everything around him is just, so maybe the, it won't even matter because just everything around him is just. Hufanga is, Hufanga is Palomalo 2.0. Hufanga is going to be Palomalo 2.0. Give him like three years. Three years? Okay. And Nick Bosa is still there. Nick Foles, St. Nick. All right, let's look. I said, I said Nick Bosa, Nick. not Nick Foles. Foles. I said Nick Bosa. <laughs> All right, guys, let's, let's move on to the final topic. Um, We're going to make it real quick, short and sweet, because honestly, the question I have to ask is, is, is very simple, and we kind of already know the answer. But... Mike White, you know, 
after the benching of Zach Wilson, after his just idiotic comment in his post-game press conference two weeks ago, he was benched, and Mike White, it's Mike White time. He showed up, he came out, three touchdowns on 315 yards with a rating of 149.3 versus the Chicago Bears. And the Jets are right there with the Bills and the Dolphins in the AFC slash wild card race. So it's very simple. Did Zach Wilson just lose his job this past Sunday? He sure did. I will say for yes. the year he did. Sure I'll say did. definitely for the rest of this year he did. He sure did. He absolutely lost that job. Now that we all <laughs> agree with that. Now that we all just, I just, I just had to ask. So I actually, did. I actually just found a tweet. Actually, this is pretty hilarious. Mike White back in 2013, he said, "I hate losing the rich white arrogant kids." That's what came. <laughs> that's what he tweeted. So, babe, maybe this man predicted the future. Eight that years man's a prophet. Eight years later, that <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> now, who said that? Who said that? Mike White. Mike White said that. He tweeted that now, in 2013. <laughs> now, barring just a complete just collapse from Mike White personally, you know, what's the future for Zach Wilson with the Jets? Because it, it's like that one comment, like it might just seem like, oh, he, all he said was no. But I mean, that, he, he, he might. So, he may not ever, he, like, he might not ever come back from that on his team. Jonah, like, the most, they'll never see him again. The most important thing at his position uh, no matter what we've seen great quarterbacks do is always take accountability. Even when they were unjustifiable, like crucified for something that is beyond their means. Uh, when you hold the most important position, you're the quarterback, you're literally the coach on the field, you're the extension of the coach. Uh, accountability has got to be at the top of your list. Uh, you, when you're looking for a quarterback, I think any GM here, I mean, if anyone, any one of you guys as a GM, you're looking for a quarterback's character outside of the talent. Now, I don't know Zach Wilson from a can of paint, so I can't say anything about him. But just hearing his answer, uh, is is that your leader? I mean, Absolutely what I, I, what what, what I'm going to say in defense to Zach Wilson, in defense, the man is still 22. He's still very young. So, and, and not only that. He didn't even play a full. I That's why I asked. He even played a full year of football year technically. I don't think he played a full sixteen games yet because he got hurt last year. He just got benched this year. So while I do think that he should not play for the rest of this year alone, I don't, I'm not going to say give up on him just yet. Not yet. I feel like you got to give him another off season because it'll be because it'll be technically his third year even though he didn't play a full year yet. Next year will be his third year. Yeah, of course, Mike White's probably going to be back there. I don't know, or whatever back was going to be back there. Give a quarterback battle. See if Zach Wilson has improved on not only his talents but also his accountability and stuff, and see where it goes from there. I, I, I now again, like everybody said, this year he should not play again. No doubt about it. I don't think he should play again this year. But that does not mean that this is the end of his career with the Jets. That does not mean this is the end of his football career. The man's still twenty-two. He's younger than all of us. So give him a chance. Still, I say. He's a year younger than me. That's crazy. Thanks for making me feel I'm going to keep it a bean. Appreciate it. <laughs> this I'm going to keep it a whole entire bean with y'all. Let me ask y'all. Let me ask y'all this. Zach Wilson has started, let's just say, he, he started a handful of games for the past two years. What is Zach Wilson's best game to date? Mm. 
You tell me. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait. Hold on. Frank, actually, grab before we end. Let me let me piggyback off that. What what is Zach Wilson's? What's his potential? Can I just can I, can I, can I, can I say a stat real quick? What? Go let ahead. me just throw this in there. In the past two seasons, the uh, the Jets have had three uh, four games where they've thrown for four hundred yards. I'm sorry, sorry. Where they've thrown for three hundred, where the QB has thrown for three hundred yards. Four games in the last two in the last two years. Zach Wilson has had none of them. Mike White has two. Joe Flacco has one. Mm. I forget who the last person is. But uh, uh, me. <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, Mike White has shown me more in two in 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 a game against the Cincinnati Bengals and a game against the Bears. He made the Jets' offense like reliant. Let's be re- let's we're we're missing key details here, gentlemen. So you think the brother? Wait, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What you saying is you trying to you trying to say Mike is a new quarterback for the Jets and that's the guy they got to rock with? No, I'm saying I'm saying I need to until Zach until Zach Wilson can give me a game. Right, where he's commanding the offense. Right, it had like like I'm not gonna give up on him, but I mean, <laughs> what are you giving I me? Mean, like I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, 13, 13 and sixteen as a career touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, he's he's done. He's got so many donuts from from like all the games he bro, played last year. This, uh, it makes no sense. This as man far said as he, This man said he did not. He said he doesn't feel like he let the defense down. They scored yeah, three don't points. Don't, they don't scored get me started, three bro. points, bro. He produced what was that seventy-seven yards? Are you bro. kidding me? Of offense? Bro. Heck no! As, as a quarterback, bro. seventy-seven yards. How do you overthrow a receiver when you throwing into when you throwing a flat route? Huh? I thought it was a check down. I thought it was a check down, what? and that's even worse, bro. Oh my god! Don't get me started on his film. Don't get me started on his film. We did a segment on this, and I said, "Yeah, bro, we did a segment on this before, though." Y- y'all, they, the fans can right, check, check back to it. But oh my god, yeah, Mike White. But at the end of the day, no, Zach Wilson. We'll see you next year. But heck, no. If I'm the Jets, if I'm the Jets, I'm using some. I'm, I'm, I'm considering trying to take a quarterback in this deep quarterback league. In this deep a quarterback. Yeah. I, draft. And oh, speaking of draft, and speaking of draft, if he doesn't get draft, if he gets drafted in the second round instead of the, the the number that he really went, yeah, he's gone now. Zach Wilson was. They're just, uh, what, they're just what, trying to salvage. Uh, what draft second draft? overall, second overall pick, my boy. Second overall pick I over Justin Fields, over I, Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Over Justin Fields, over Mac Jones, and that's over... the only reason he's still, and that's the only reason being tolerant. And he put up some numbers in BYU, but hey. That's me to the air right there. Yeah, I feel like I know more mistake. about. I feel like I know more about Zach Wilson off the field than I do on the field. <laughs> that's but that's horrible. That's a problem. Terrible. That's, that's certainly a problem. You know, Justin Fields. Wow. Yeah, Justin Fields. Mac Jones. Jones. Uh, Jones. What's the name of the boy that went to San Francisco? Should we pull up? Should we, should we pull up that uh, draft class? It's just so we can. <laughs> Snap. No, that was that, that, that draft class wasn't nearly as bad when you think about the Bears drafting Mitch Trubisky over the list of quarterbacks they could have. That is wild. Deshaun yeah. Watson, Patrick Mahomes, that guy, yeah. Wow, I don't even know where to start. Take a so You think I Justin Fields now? Yes. Hey. Uh. Anyway. All right, Jonan. Is there anything else we got to drop in here? No, not covered everything, bro. Covered I said everything. it. I said it at the beginning of the year, and I'll say it again: Eagles, uh, Chiefs, Super Bowl. 
You heard it here first, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Stamp that. I'm gonna make sure I stamp it. You hear that, Chris? Maybe next year. Maybe next year. But with that being said, get there first, then talk. Get there first. Okay. It was my. It was my. It was my off-season prediction. I'm just. No, I'm no, just no, real. No, 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 It's not for you. It's not for you. Oh, right, oh, right. It's not for you, Greg. It's for both of us because I do. It's for both of us because back when he said it, I seconded it. I remember that second. I remember that. I remember he did second it. The person knows who I'm talking to. And the certain franchise fan understands who I'm talking to. But with that being said. Get there first. Get there first. Because if you don't get there, when we come Chris, on this, and if y'all Chris, get eliminated, and we come Chris, on here, you Chris, already know I'm going Chris. to have a field day, regardless oh. of where my oh. team finishes. I'm so, going to have a field day. Shall we have a don't, field day? You don't want me to have that field day. Shall we have you a field day with the Raiders? You don't want me to have that field day. Shall we have a field day with the Raiders then? Greg, I need you to warn him. You does not want me to have that field day. He's trying to talk bro. about with the Raiders anyway, so it's fine. Listen, bro. All That's right, still my dark horse MVP. Shout out Derek Carr. No cap. We out. Was, we out. He was balling last week against oh, Collins. Geez. All right, we're going to cut it on that. I'm cutting it on that. Collins, Jesus Christ. Home, bro. Cut it on that. episode 80 of the Restricted Zone podcast. I'm going to give a big shout out to my fellow Cole, Jonah, who's also with the media. Thanks a lot, Jonah. Thanks a lot, Johnny, Chris, and Greg. Appreciate you guys, man. You can definitely follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone by. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this much as much as we enjoyed recording it. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever streaming platform there is. You can check us out, and it is free. So share, share with your friends, anyone who's interested in sports. Uh, tune in, and we'll be back with you guys with the next episode. Have a nice day, guys.